This is Multinew Media. So hi, everyone. Welcome to Multinew Media. With me today is Jay Andrews of Tech Parental. Jay, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. And um, you know what I want to do is I want to jump right into it because I want to take you down a wild ride of your industry today. So why don't you tell the folks out there who you are if they don't already know you? They may be coming over from Tech Parental um, and they don't know who we are over here. But for, for you know, our listeners here at Multinew Media, let them know who you are. Okay, so uh, my name is Jay Andrews and I'm a school psychologist here in the New York City public school system. And I run a, a tech channel that's, that's uh, steadily growing into a, a larger business, but, but, the, but the idea and concept behind my channel and my business is to uh, provide parents with uh, tips and advice uh, for the digital age to keep their children um, safe, sane, and connected in today's digital world. So like we that. do... We provide all kinds of advice on, you know, ways to stay out of the cyberbullying trouble and how to manage situations like that, how to help your children manage and balance their screen time. Uh, we provide recommendations on apps that are dangerous or apps that are helpful. Or um, we also do tech reviews. So, you know, we're kind of like a tech channel as well. So instead of your typical tech channel that might do, um, Bluetooth headphones or other cool, or maybe an iPhone or something like that. We tend to focus on devices, tech devices that are more geared towards uh, family use, like, mm. say, for example, Amazon Alexa, which has multiple uses for the family and children. Or maybe, uh, like right now, I'm about to do a review on a turntable that converts your vinyl into MP3s. So things like that, things that are, you know, technology products that, that can be used uh, by families or by, by parents uh, for the use of the family. So. And so you're mainly active on YouTube, right? Uh, I, I, am, I do have a presence on YouTube, but uh, we also have social media accounts with, um, with Twitter as well as Instagram. And we're slowly working our way into Pinterest as we develop the blog. Great. So any, <clears throat> any of those people can just go and search tech parental, correct? That's that's right. That's I, right. I love it. And, and, and correct me if this, I'm wrong. I think this was you. I think you're guys. about to start playing here. I'm pulling up your uh, YouTube site. I believe it was you who did this a review on cozy phones. Yes. So <laughs> just uh, let me take a tangent with you really quickly. What are these? Because I, I see I see you have a video on YouTube about this and it's just it really looks interesting to me. So the co so the cozy phone company reached out to me. And cozy phones are basically a set of headphones that are designed for children. And it's very much like a, like a, um, I guess like a, a neoprene wrap that kind of goes around your head, but embedded inside this neoprene wrap around your head, kind of like a very thick headband, yeah. uh, are these uh, headphones that are soft and pliable. So the speaker is embedded in like a very soft, pliable uh, cushiony like material that's embedded in the overall headband and it's uh, and then the headband is given a design like a teddy bear or a frog or a cute animal and it's designed for kids uh, to wear uh, instead of kind of typical classic you know classic headphones or earbuds 
I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to have to get me in touch with them because I want an adult extra, extra large in, <laughs> I, I don't know, the weirdest animal you can think of, maybe a unicorn or something imaginary. And I want that for the next time I fly. Right. Can you, can <laughs> they, you imagine that do, for adults? Yeah, they do actually have an adult version. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And I and I have one. I'm going to be doing a review actually very soon. Uh, but it doesn't come with animals. It's more like a straightforward black band. I mean, they could so, do dragons uh, or or something oh, like that for us, right? Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> I, w- I I would get that myself. Yeah, you'll have so to my, give them that feedback. <clears throat> I think the video that you're watching also features my son. So he's he's in the video wearing uh, using using those things. Ah, yeah. But what like- I've learned what I've learned about those things is that they're very warm. I can so, I can imagine, yeah. I don't know if they're yeah, the best I, thing down here in Florida, but where you right. are in New York, they may be great. Yes, I think they're great for fall and for winter. Fall, uh, but what's we did that, that re- we did that review in the uh, in the summertime, and oh. you know he was you know he was already complaining that they're very warm. They yeah. work great, but they definitely aren't for hot weather uh, environments. Maybe they can make them out of some type of um, you know like dry uh, uh, dry fit material. Yeah, maybe. Sorry to take you down that tangent. I just saw that and I thought that's interesting. So uh, that, that, it's <laughs> a great okay. example, though, of the types of reviews that you do. Not your typical tech review. Very family focused, um, focusing on the the life of being a digital parent. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you have a child who is school age today, so that means between the age of five and 18 or 17, you know, it's where we, we are in a very unique position because um, we're basically the first generation of parents who did not grow up with the Internet. And yet we are being forced to parent children who have never lived in a world without the Internet. So we're really at kind of a, a point in time that, that that's very special and unique. I mean, the same thing can be said about the television where, you know, parents who didn't grow up with a television uh, and raising kids who were, you know, you know, sitting in front of the boob tube for hours. The same thing can be said about the radio, you know, 50, 60 years ago, or probably more than that, right? Yeah, so, yeah more than that. Uh, so you know, we're, as this as this technology becomes more u- ubiquitous and becomes everywhere, and we communicate and we buy and sell and socialize and 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 work on this internet thing, uh, people you know my age or around my age, I'm 43. You know, we didn't grow up with this technology. Even even if you if you look at some of the younger parents who are in their 30s, I mean, they didn't grow up with this. So mm-hmm. they may have had it in high school or middle school. Uh, but it's not like they had it in elementary school. So, uh, so we're at, you know we are at a very unique time. Um, uh, sometimes we're referred to as the sandwich generation, where, you know, like my parents, like my mom, she has trouble turning on a computer. I have to talk, you know, talk her through it on the phone <laughs> to get her to get on Skype. Yeah. And then you know you have my son on the other hand who is who's able to fly all over YouTube and he doesn't even know how to write yet, but he, he knows voice commands and he can search for whatever he wants on Google. And if he asks me a question and you, you know this already, Chase, he'll ask me the question. And if I say, I don't know, you know where he tells me to go. Yeah. Go to Google. Right? Dad, just go to Google. So, and I'm like, all right, you know, <clears throat> so we really are at a, a unique time. And so 
there are challenges. It is unique, but it also comes with challenges because the way that you know I socialized as say a fifth grader or a sixth grader is very different than a fifth or sixth grader today. The way I flirted with girls maybe in eighth, ninth, tenth grade is very different than what kid you know kids do today to flirt. The places that I hang out and did did my thing is very maybe maybe some things are different with the places that kids hang out but what they do there and how they interact especially with their connected devices is a very different landscape uh than it was you know in the 90s and in the 80s which is when i grew up and i know that parents want to know a lot about this and not only that there are you know maybe marketers that listen to our show that want to know all about this but i have to ask uh, a couple more personal questions first just sure. so we know who we're dealing with jay just so we know you um you in late 2017 got married correct that's right so congratulations first of all yes and as a matter of fact about a, it was about a month ago uh, uh october 29th october 29th wonderful yeah um yeah. congratulations Thank uh you. how many kids do you have I know you have, I have a son. One. one son. Yes. Okay. Yes. So how did you find yourself in your line of work? How, how did you get to where you are now, not only in, you know, in the school system, but also the digital side of things? Uh, well, that's that's two very different questions. Um, <laughs> let, <laughs> so let, we'll start with the school psychology thing. Yeah, let's go there first. Uh, so I, in college, I as a psychology major, I wanted I was headed for a career in law enforcement. I wanted to be a criminal profiler and deal with serial killers and help with the tracking of them with psychological profiling and all that kind of business. And as I did a few internships at a few, uh, like uh, my college in, is in Brooklyn, St. Francis College. Um, we have connections with um, some of the state and federal courts in our area. So I was doing uh, an internship with some uh, probation officers there, some federal probation officers. And I just, and, and, and in that experience, I learned very quickly that I, I really wasn't cut out for law enforcement. <laughs> so I, I wasn't sure what I, what I wanted to do. And uh, in the summer between my junior and senior year of college, I, uh, I, met, I, met, I met someone on the beach and we began to talk. I, was, I'm so, I, I forgot to mention, I'm also a lifeguard here in Rockaway, oh, that, Queens. And that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, so I've I've been lifeguarding for about 20 summers now. And so I meet I meet this friend on the beach that I'm still friends with today. And he tells me, I said, Mom, I'm not sure what I want to do. And he goes, why not school psychology? And I said, what's that? So we spend the summer talking about his job. And he works in the school system as a social worker. And he tells me, yeah, it's a great, it's a great thing. You work with kids. The schedule's great. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll consider this. So when I go back to school for my senior year in the fall, uh, you know, when you when you register for college classes, it always says on the bottom of the form or on the bottom of the website, classes subject to change mm-hmm. without notice. Know and that so too well. I, I registered for, for a uh, forensic psychology class and lo and behold, they changed the course to school psychology from forensic psychology. To a, to a course in school psychology. That is so very was, serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I couldn't believe it. There was like maybe 50 kids in my class. Everybody except like six people dropped the class because they all wanted to go into law enforcement or do something related to forensics. And I said, this has got to be a sign. 
So I stayed and I took the school psych course and it basically kind of sent me on my way to know, you know, learning about the field of school psychology. And, and then I applied for graduate school and got my master's degree and became a school psychologist. Very impressive. And before you moved to the digital side, I want to say uh, we were speaking off air before we started recording. And Jay, I'm starting to think that your life runs on serendipity just nonstop. Um, just a disclaimer here, I guess. You and our uh, co-host Christopher Woodward, you went to elementary school together. We went to elementary school, middle school, and high school together. And that is in no way, form, or uh, fashion how we met. We met through a little social network, uh, an audio-based social network called Anchor. And I'll ask you a little bit about that and a couple of other things later as it relates to your industry. But um, we were just kind of talking online, and, and you said, hey, I think I know that guy. So I'm starting to think maybe, maybe you are a, uh, a good luck person to have around. <laughs> I I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I wish and hope that's true, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, it's funny your perspective on things, and it's when you're on if when I, when you're on the inside, you may not see that, but but it's good to hear that. Thank you. It it, it is always, and that's one of the key tenets of this show. Since we're a business technology show, we we talk about those tough subjects, and uh, a lot of times when you're in this inside of it, boy, it doesn't feel so lucky, does it? It can feel very. Um, it feels like you're spinning your wheels more days than not, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I do a lot of spinning. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all do. So what about this digital side? How did you find yourself here? Uh, so, so the quick story is, you know, like, like many other, uh, you know, guys in college and, and, and you, you, you wind up, you know, kind of enjoying technology. At least I shouldn't say that about every guy, but but I, I do enjoy technology, and, and you know, I got my first phone in graduate school, and I was hooked with how these things work, and just, you know, I was there, I was kind of an adult, a young adult, as, as, as the smartphones came into their own. Oh, you got to let me know what it was. Do you remember what the phone was? It was the Nokia uh, 5400, I oh, think. Oh, Yes. All right. Yeah, the, the brick with the uh, with the pull up the pull up antenna. You know that you thing. are you are definitely in the cool kids club now, and I'm I'm being serious <laughs> because uh, longtime listeners know that I I definitely was a fan of Nokia. Maybe not at that time. I was more I guess. And remember Sanyo? I think I was of rocking course. a Sanyo phone phone back then. But but you're definitely in the cool kids club now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it was maybe three or four years ago. I was searching YouTube. I'm a big YouTube fan and just looking on there, deciding like, what can I get my, you know, my dad for Christmas? What, what am I going to get my brother for Christmas? And when you put in, you know, you know, gift ideas, uh, you know, for Christmas or Christmas, Christmas gift ideas, um, immediately all, all the, the tech YouTubers come out like MKBHD, Jonathan Morrison, you know, all these, these big player names come out showing these very, very sexy videos on phones and small drones and all of these cool gadgets. And I'm thinking to myself, well, hey, I can do this. I, I, I like this and I, I have a good personality and I, I would love to. I've always been interested in video, but I've never really uh, taken a shot at it. And so through YouTube, I learned how to start a YouTube channel. And it's basically, you can receive a full education on YouTube about anything. Mm -hmm. But I, per I pursued this how to do a YouTube channel 
and I pursued it thoroughly and began a YouTube channel that was based on tech, just, you know, like, like probably tens of thousands of other guys. Exactly. And I, and I, and I quickly learned that it was super, super competitive. And even though I was a professional making, you know, decent money, um, it's hard to keep up with, you know, a thousand dollar iPad and then the, the next Samsung that comes out and then the next iPhone, I, I could not keep up with, with every device that comes out. See, and we're, so, we're safe over here. You should come join us because we're safe over here in the business tech side. And that means <laughs> we still get to talk about DOS on some days, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, somebody out there, and I, I won't say who, but I do know of someone who at least a couple of years ago um, was running a DOS server in their basement. And that basement oh, in Florida, we don't have basements in Florida, but this industrial right. building did. And um, I was just floored. So, hey, come join our side because we can talk about tech that's, you know, brand new or 30 years old. I think I like that. I think that that can uh, <laughs> that can work. It, it's so funny you mentioned that because uh, the college that I attend, same, that I went to, I also happen to work at as an adjunct professor as well uh, currently. And they, they're constantly doing upgrades. And. The floor where the, the, the lounge is, the faculty lounge, there is a display on the wall, which basically is a timeline of technology going all the way back to like 1950. And they'll show like these basic, very basic items like uh, these radios and very old school cameras and mm -hmm. telephones. And as it, it like updates every five years and it literally goes up to like 2015. So there's like literally a, a physical <laughs> visual timeline of technology as it has um, progressed in the last 60, 70 years. I bet that's a, a very interesting walk. I, I love it. I'm there twice a week and I, I every time I look at something new, like in 2001, there was the Canon Power Shot, their first Power Shot which was like a 2.1 megapixel digital camera. And I remember I bought that camera for $450 yeah. mm -hmm. uh, for, my, for my trip to Spain that, my, parent, that my, my parents got me as a graduation gift for graduate school. And I wanted to really splurge and get a digital camera to document my, my trip to Spain. And uh, yeah, it was 2.1 megapixels. <laughs> So I did. The, don't worry. I did the same thing after undergrad. I wasn't taking the trip, but I'm like, OK, I'm going to buy myself something. I bought a five megapixel camera and I'm like this. I will never need to get another camera until I'm an old man. And, and right. <laughs> it, it was jumped within a couple of years. But so not OK. This may sound bad, but we live this story, too. But not being able to keep up with this massive competition of YouTubers and, and everyone else who will go plop all of this money down on review items when they're not sent them by the company. That's what a lot of people are doing, by the way. People yeah. are shelling out money when they do unboxings. Companies aren't sending all of these people these devices. So it, it, it's, it became too much to keep up, right? Definitely, definitely. And, and during that time, uh, I began to notice my son who was you know maybe four at the time. He, he's turned seven next month. And, you know, he's a very, he's already very adept at four. He was already very uh, competent navigating the iPad and, and my phone, which is an Android, by the way. So he's, he's fluent in both languages already. And, and I'm like, you know, 
there's some things on here that I don't want him seeing. Wait a minute, you know? <laughs> uh, and there's videos, and he's seeking out, like, poop videos. And I'm like, yeah, that's funny, but yeah. maybe not until he's 10 should he be looking at poop <laughs> videos. Right. I'll, I'll, as a dad, I'll allow poop videos at 10, but not at 5. Not at 5, <laughs> you know? yeah. No, I have, an, I have a nephew that that same interests, and it's kind of like, ooh, I don't want to have to warn you about what you're going to find on YouTube if you start searching some of these things. Right. Or he'll see uh, game reviews and there's people swearing in the background oh. and, um, you know, gameplay videos and kids are swearing. So so I became interested in, in that and how figuring out how to protect him. And I belong to a, um, a YouTube group, um, a kind of like a like a, a, um, a support group that's led by someone who, you know, teaches tips and tricks and stuff about how to better yourself on YouTube and how to improve and grow your channel. And one of the things that he really stresses is kind of developing a niche within a niche. Mm -hmm. And so technology and doing unboxings and reviews and all this tech gear stuff, it's cool and it's, it's, a, it's a niche, right? Mm -hmm. but, with, but it's super competitive already. And so I'm thinking, well, what, is, what can my niche be within technology, kind of like a subdivision? And then I, I thought to myself, what have I been doing the last 10 or so years in my career? And that is talking to parents about what their kids are doing. And that's what I do professionally. And so, you know, uh, you know we have cyberbullying issues at school. We have kids taunting each other, kids staying up late because they're on their phones. They're sexting. There's nude pictures going back and forth. Kids are uh, not wanting to give up their cell phones when the dean asks them for the phone. So I've been, without realizing it, I've been doing my channel at my job, you know, for years, yeah. which is technology, but how kids are using it. So I've been advising parents for years and, and not realizing that, hey, maybe this can be my channel and maybe I can develop a sub niche within the tech niche and speak to not just the general tech public, but to parents and help them help them to help their kids navigate this digital landscape. And so that's how I come to Tech Parental. It sounds like that gives you a wider reach and that you're able to help more people that way than just, you know, and in, in, um, do you work with an entire school district or one school or how does that work where you're at? I know it's uh, different from district to district. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've held several positions in the Department of Ed, but at, at present, I'm in one school. It's a high school for uh, students with uh, special education needs. Okay. So I, I have, you know, a range of students anywhere between 13 and 20. Mm. So you, you basically, <laughs> you, you can't sleep at night. I imagine with the, with the types of situations you encounter and what, what some of these kids I imagine are going through or putting other people through as the, as the case may be, depending on the situation. Well, sure. I, I get parents coming in all the time with screenshots and with printouts of conversations that their kids are having with other kids. And oftentimes you'll see parts of the conversation missing and we'll say, well, what happened? I'll say, what happened here? And then I'll get the other side of the printout, the other half of the conversation. I'll get that missing piece. And I find out that it's really somebody's uncle or somebody's mother who decided to jump in on this on this you know troll this troll war this flame war and threaten the child so wow. these things you know some, sometimes we see the adults behaving just as badly or worse than uh than, the, than their adolescent children so um 
we this is something we see a lot and it's it's seeping into the schools and i know i know i live in new york state but and it's not happening here yet but i you know there are other states like texas i made a video about it on my channel they're implementing like cyberbullying laws where you can receive an actual misdemeanor charge and up to a year in prison and a hundred thousand dollar fine um or maybe i'm wrong about the dollar amount but i'm certainly not wrong about the year in jail that that's possible for for cyberbullying so uh you know the the country and the way that we are interacting and the way that kids are interacting um is being uh, looked at now by you know the folks in the legislative offices and you know moves are being made because Unfortunately, uh, a lot of what what is happening is impacting children who then develop mental health issues or depression or school phobia and even suicide. So mm. um, while I haven't had to deal with a suicide at my school, uh, we, we have dealt with a lot of a lot of other kind of heavy duty stuff uh, that, that comes from, uh, you know, putting things uh, on Facebook or putting things on Snapchat or, or you know, doing things that they shouldn't be doing and then those things are seen by others and there are repercussions socially as well as uh, legally so mm. so let's keep going with that idea though because i know that one of your just from observing you and, and looking at tech parental and the various different outlets you utilize cyberbullying seems to be one of your real key issues it's, it seems to me as an outsider that it's something you truly want to address and make some type of positive impact within that field. Why that? Is that the largest issue when it comes to kids and technology, or is it the most serious? Or what about cyberbullying is so um, is so poignant to you? It's it's dangerous. That's what it is. I mean, there are other big issues uh, like sexting or kids exposing themselves, and then uh, a person will kind of um, you know spread that picture around or spread. Like last week, we had a student at my school who was doing something to another child that was involved in an act, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that, that, that video went around. Okay. And, you know, in a way that is a, a form of, of taunting and bullying and who, who knows how that got around. But, um, you know, cyberbullying is oftentimes, um, how can I put this? It's, um, people don't understand what it is. So, so for example, Chase, if I wrote to you, on your Facebook page, or I sent you a private message that said, you, you know, you suck and you're ugly, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that, and I sent that to you and you went to the police or you went to your, your parents and said, look, look what Jay wrote. It wouldn't be cyberbullying as horrible as a comment as that might've been. It's not cyberbullying. And so what cyberbullying actually is, is repeated and intentional, um, comments or things done by way of electronic media, so phones, computers, um, that are websites, social media, that are done intentionally to cause harm or, or psychological harm and done in a repeated fashion. So there needs to be a pattern. And when we see kids receiving you know, the brunt of this, it's, it's, it's paralyzing. Um, it's, it's, you know, when I was in school, if, if I remember being in fourth grade, as a matter of fact, and um, there was a bully, and when I was home, I could be away from him. But with the way social media works and digital media works, um, kids are often 
you know, at, 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 at the beck and call of these devices, and they're constantly being bombarded and being reminded of something that's out there against them whenever they're, they're, you know, they're online. And the little green dot shows that, you know, Jay is present. People can react or send or forward a message and say, hey, look what this person said about you. Or, hey, I heard that blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a nonstop blitzkrieg of negativity uh, that you and I never had to deal with when we were kids. Yeah. And so it's 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 damaging and it's um, it's 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 very debilitating. And I think many older people like people my age will say, well, it sticks in stones and blah, blah, blah. And can't you just shut off your device? Yes, but you can shut off your device. But the thousand other kids in your school are not shutting off their device. And when we were kids, if one person told a rumor to another, maybe small group of kids, Maybe 10 kids knew, maybe 20 kids knew uh, or, or heard the lie or heard the rumor. At least but until the now, posters or the flyers went out, right? And and, right. That, and, and that's the equivalent. Right. I mean, I'm not making a joke out of that um, right. as much as it sounds like I am. It's um, – you know, you see that in TV shows. It hardly ever really happened in real life I would imagine. I, I Now people are going to email me and say, let me tell you about my story. Um, right. But, you know, kids come up with clever ways to publicly shame other children and I, I think you're really onto something because if I had to guess in your line of work, I would imagine that you would see that parents are woefully um, inequipped to deal with modern cyberbullying because, I mean, if we maybe we all haven't been bullied, but we've all dealt with the bully. We've all dealt with some type of conflict when we were young. And imagine just I mean, any adult now imagine coming home. To the place that's supposed to be the safe space. Now, we hope and there are other situations that, that, you know, we can get into topic wise here, but we hope this is your safe space. But then you're no longer safe there because the computer, the phone, the tablet, they're all right there with all of the other students taunting you even after class is done. Right. I remember, um, you know, a, a kid This was also about fourth grade. He and I would in, in class say, you know, oh, we're going to fight. We're going to fight this out. And, and we lived a couple roads from each other and we threatened to do it. And no one ever showed up. You know, we never showed up to each other's house. It was it was schoolyard talk. But when that schoolyard talk becomes digital, it follows you everywhere you go. And and for uh, kind of to be silly, some of the old timers out there like us who say, well, you can shut your device off. Yeah. But what happens when you need to log back in to do your homework? There's that right. bullying right there again. Yeah, it's 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 a tough thing, and it's everywhere. And uh, uh, kids, uh, kids, you know, one of one of the ways that we learn uh, empathy, right? So this is me now putting my psychologist hat on. One one of the ways that we learn empathy is that the acts and the the the, the, the behaviors that we engage in and the words that we say impact other people. And so for most of my life. When I said or did something, I could see your reaction, and I could, I your imp, your your reaction impacted me, whether it's positive or negative. But I was able to observe it, and even on the telephone uh, in in 1985, if I said something to you on the phone, I could hear your response, and I might see you a little bit later, and 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 feel what you know, kind of get a sense of how you're feeling. Uh, it, it's so easy to launch missiles across the country now, and you don't get to see how the other person is being impacted. And if that message goes school wide or that 
photo or video goes school-wide, um, the original sender of that video doesn't really get to see the impact on that child. Right. It Does there tend to be a motive behind these or are these just – is it is it pure adolescence where they don't understand the consequences and they're looking to get at someone or do you, do you sometimes see kids who are um, – or even young adults – who are just, they know what they're getting into and they're just taking this to a new level of spitefulness. Uh, so I think it's a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, with girls, it can be, you know, there can be issues of jealousy regarding boys. Uh, and that, that, has, that, has not, uh, that hasn't changed in years and it won't change in years. You know, with boys, you know, it may be uh, uh, a girl who broke up with him or who, uh, you know, did him dirty or did something that he doesn't like. And so, or maybe a boyfriend and girlfriend were going out and, and then she did something and maybe a, a, a sexy pic that they took together is now going to be used as like kind of like revenge porn or, or something like that. So a lot of the same things that uh, were going on back then are just happening, happening digitally now. And it's kind of the difference between, well, maybe in 1985 you, you had a pistol. And you had, you know, and a pistol can hurt someone. It can kill someone right. even. But today, every kid has a bazooka in their pocket. Yeah. And they can launch, this rocket launcher can, can impact and, and uh, uh, you know, thousands of people or hundreds of people are going to see the impact of this bazooka. So a lot of the same reasons uh, kids are bullied. Also, when kids are different, right? So e even though... Um, the topic of gay and lesbian is more open, more free today than it was, let's say, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, there are still kids who, who tease and bully and taunt over uh, a, a kid being gay or lesbian or if a kid has a disability or there's something different or strange about him and a student uh, chooses to pick on that student. Um, it's happening digitally. So a lot of the same reasons, uh, just a different format. Yeah, and a, and a format that really takes – virality of a message to a new level and I mean that's what we rely on on the marketing side of things but boy that's tough when it when when we're watching children um, and I'm, I'm sure we've all seen cases of this on the news and and I'm glad you said before you haven't had to deal with this directly uh, I hope you never do but we, we've all seen um, instances where children have decided to take their life because of this and the proper instruction and coaching and, and um, you know, adult role models, even if they had wonderful adult role models, the people who understood the situation and could describe it to the child to say, listen, as much as this hurts now, as much as this is awful, you know, all of this in a way, I mean, you see advantage of age. All of this goes away after high school to some degree. All of this goes away <laughs> completely after college, like yeah, to some degree, right? Because we have cyberbullying in colleges as well tends to be more right. sexual in nature there um and then in the workplace there's still bullying and that's moved into uh digital realms as well but for the most part right childhood squabbles they they tend to they tend to dissipate over time um sure. or or is that just me being part of the problem and brushing off things saying kind of you know kids will be kids no I, I don't think it's part of the problem i think i i think kids 
uh, kids are going, kids are definitely going to do this. And, and, and I think that just the weapons or I'll say tools that are in their hands today are more powerful than any tool that we had in our, in our, you know, hand 25 years ago. Uh, I, I know, I don't want to turn this into a political, a political show because you guys are, are, are technology and business. And I think hey, Florida we go, is there, a red, we go there from is, time is, to time. Is, is, <laughs> I, and I, I think you guys are a red state. Oh, uh, but, we're, we're you know, I'm going to go after the president a little bit and not for his not for his politics, not for his immigration uh, for for any policy that he maintains. But, you know, his behavior, his behavior, his day to day behavior and his tweets are very, yeah. you know, and his wife. <laughs> The first lady is is a champion for cyberbullying, but mm-hmm. yet the president oftentimes engages in you know name calling and and put downs of people that he disagrees with or he wants to kind of do some damage to publicly. So, well, and that's a really uh, good point, and I do need to clarify one thing: Florida is a purple state. <laughs> so <laughs> don't, don't well, many states is purple. It's New York, maybe California, but. We want to talk purple. We're we're purple. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, New York. That's um, you always vote Democratic in the presidential election, but tend to always get these Republican governors. What's what's going on with that? I don't understand. I, that. I, I have <laughs> I have no. Well, Although, you know what? Because the major the major. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right well, though. In Florida, we haven't had a Democratic governor, and uh, oh, oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, uh, Albany is like three hours away from New York City, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe, but you do have a you do have a really good point that we're seeing bullying, um, and I know a lot of people are becoming desensitized to that word, and they're kind of maybe even starting to roll their eyes and saying, "Okay, come on." And you get these really insensitive things. People say like, "Oh, you know, grow up and deal with it, and grow thicker skin." And but when you have uh, these instigators, let's, let's change the terminology just temporarily for the next minute or so. If we have these instigators and it's so pervasive that it is the person who is, who is the president, the elected president of the most powerful country in the time where the world is the most advanced it's ever been. That is a, that is a problem. Um, okay. So not even talking about the person's politics, it's a problem that society does not say, listen, there are boundaries. You cannot say certain things about certain people publicly. Um, we, we seem to have slipped past that point, politics aside. Right, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, I, I think another important, uh, another important uh, fact to bring up or kind of issue to bring up is related to cyberbullying. And you were kind of getting at it before, and, and that was when you were talking about, you know, it all it all stops once we get out of high school or get out of college. Um, but one of the other things that we talk about on uh, Tech Parental, or we haven't actually spoken about it too much, a little bit, um, and that is digital footprint. Mm-hmm. And so it may not stop and, for this generation, right? Exactly. And so while kid, you may say kids might be kids, and it all stops after high school or after college, you know some of the some of the things that are online. Uh, leave a trace and are difficult to uh, to take down. And, you know, with so many colleges and universities, especially the upper tier ones, you know, using social media to research the applicants that are trying to get into their schools. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's very it's it's scary. The things that they find and, and make, you know, the judgments that they make based on 
you know, the things that they find uh, when, ch- you know, children were posting as middle schoolers and as, as early high schoolers. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, it, it, go, it may go away, but in some ways it doesn't go away. That is a, a, a really large problem to have. And, and you know, I, I won't – I don't want to create a situation where I create empathy for the abuser in this situation. But, I mean, what if you are, uh, you know, a 10-year-old and you make a poor decision and you push another kid? Well, you grow up and you learn not to do that. You get in trouble. You, you hopefully learn the error of your ways and you don't push another person again. What if you, you know, do release, you know, a picture of let's let's go a little more innocent, just someone someone has, you know, um, a stain on their shirt one day and you're a 10 year old and you say, haha, look at this person and you share that picture. Well, what if you make that mistake and even that follows you around? Right. And again, right. I'm not trying to apologize for the people who instigate this because we, we want to try to curb that behavior in any way possible. But there's there are so many multifaceted parts of just what we don't understand of how this plays out in the future uh, of of the impacts that'll have on people and i just i'm i'm so floored that um, you know young people uh, even in the united states today have such difficulty sometimes removing themselves from that situation that they go to very drastic uh, ends and that's that's such a um you know whether that's whether it's suicide or whether it's something like just withdrawing um it, it's it's really it's a it's a big problem to tackle. It's it's definitely it's definitely a big problem, and you know we, you were talking about ten year olds making bad decisions, and sixteen year olds, of course, make tons of bad decisions. Don't remind uh, I me. Was, what's that? <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think I, I was talking with someone who uh, does something similar to to what we do at Tech Parental. And she wrote an article was uh, shedding light. She lives. She lives in France. Actually, she's an American who lives in France, and she speaks on this um, this European Council of Digital Safety. And I think there's there's they're passing some law. I think it's in England that a student's or a person's social media account gets wiped after 18 or whatever their legal age is. Hmm. So in other words. When you become an adult, uh, these things are not held against you. I don't know if they literally wipe it or you're not allowed to look into uh, a person's uh, you know, social media pre-18 years old, but, but that's the concept essentially. That's pretty interesting. So I think that's um, – kind of, yeah. it, 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 That will be interesting to see if something like that actually works in the real world. But it is um, – it's at least a start. It's a, its the part of the dialogue that seems to be missing in other places in the world of how do we deal with this issue. And, right. you know, it's its not just cyberbullying. You were mentioning issues with sleep, um, issues oh, yeah. with, with sexting. So just the peer pressure being moved to a whole new level. And the sure. sleep issue is near and dear to my heart. I have um, sleep issues myself and no, no secret. But, you know, when um, one of my nephews, I think he was six years old at the time. He was found in his room, wide awake, at 1 a.m. in the morning on a school night, watching YouTube videos about Minecraft or some other game. And that is, uh, I think, you know, I know it was to my sister and her husband, but to any parent, that is a frightening situation of, first, we had no idea our child was up. Second, we have no idea that the child had 
uh, gained access to the device, turned it on, and is utilizing it. And we have no idea what the child is utilizing the device for at that time. I mean, that is a panic <laughs> a panic moment for a parent. So what can we do, whether it's cyberbullying, sleep issues, sexual pressures, anything else? What can we do if we're parents to really stay on top of this, especially when, you know, teenagers and preteens don't like to talk to their parents all that much in some situations? Well, well that's it's funny you bring that up because um, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention to you a project that Tech Parental is getting into uh, with uh, my business partner, uh, Farrah Jones. Uh, we're starting an organization called Bridging the Gap. And what Bridging the Gap basically is, is we do we do parent workshops like at PTAs in the evenings at, at schools, and we meet with parents to, to discuss ways to engage their children in conversations about this type of thing. And so this isn't the kind – to answer your question, Chase, it isn't the kind of conversation that like maybe dad has with son that um, they go out on a fishing boat and they say, well, son, <laughs> when, when a guy likes a girl and he's awkward and he's, he can't even put the, the worm on the hook because he's so nervous. <laughs> uh, so it isn't that kind of talk. It's 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 conversations that need to happen on a daily basis, uh, yeah. on a daily basis, or or you know on a weekly basis. And really, the parent can't you know cannot be speaking from a place of authority because really the child is more the authority when it comes to being tech savvy. Oftentimes, the, the child is more tech savvy than than the parent, and so. You know, as, as a parent, we want to engage our children and learn about what they're doing. You want to enlist their help. Help show me how to do Snapchat. Show me how to do this. Show me what it is to um, uh, w whatever the latest app is. Why do you do that? Tell me what's fun about this app. So uh, allow the child to teach you. And through conversations like that, we can get into conversations about what's appropriate online and what's not appropriate online and um, do you think it's safe to share your location with everyone especially if you have a little brother or sister in the house and you're alone so um, you know it's it's not from a place of authority that we need to uh, kind of police our children but more so mentoring more mm -hmm. so engaging in conversation and enlisting their help in, um, in learning about the latest apps and the latest thing, the latest trends and why, why they get into it. Because when a kid first learns an app or first gets access to an app, it isn't like they jump right to the naughty stuff or right to the inappropriate stuff right away. It's, it's fun and it's innocent. And, and isn't it until you have an app for a little while that you begin to realize, hey, I can I can talk to girls on this thing. Hey, I can do this on this thing, right? Yeah. So being aware of what apps are on your child's phone, being aware of of uh the type of thing that they're into, right? So uh is really the key and you know, conversation is the key is is really and that's really where it begins and so th these are some of the things that we that we talk about with parents at bridging the gap and really you know we called it that we called it bridging the gap uh, because you know despite the conversation that you and I are having about all of these dangerous things and all all the the rotten things that are going on with cyberbullying and sexting and child predators we didn't even talk about that mm -hmm. and all of the concerns that parents have. 
there is so much good going on with young people and their connected devices. And so that's one of the other things that we discuss uh, at, at, at Bridging the Gap. And that is, you know, kids are using these devices um, not only in these dangerous ways that you hear about in the news that is sensationalized, but kids are, are, are learning to edit video. I mean, what child ha- was able to do that in 1980? What child was able to create digital music in 1980? What child was cre- able to create digital art um, and paintings uh, and 3D modeling and coding and be able to write blogs and write about their feelings and express themselves and communicate and connect with other kids across the globe, uh, you know, based on whatever interest uh, um, they have. So there is so much good going on in the world and in this country um, with kids and their phones. And so it's important to remind parents that, uh, remind them about that and and, and and through those conversations and through that perspective that it's not all terrible. There is so much good. Like there is a girl at my school, a student at my school, who she's kind of becoming the unofficial, official online therapist to her <laughs> friends. And they will Skype her and FaceTime her and talk to her about problems. And this is a special education student who has positioned herself in the role of healer and helper mm-hmm. and friend. And that may lead her uh, to and, career opportunities in the future. She may find a passion for that field of helping absolutely, other people. Absolutely. She's already found a passion for that. Yeah. And so uh, there is so her. much so much good going on. And entrepreneurship with kids creating uh, YouTube accounts and, and slime accounts and doing other things that are um, and doc- documenting uh, the, the humanitarian services that they're engaging in. So um, we talk about the dangers of digital footprint. Well, you can make a digital footprint that makes you look awesome mm-hmm. by documenting some of the things that, that you're doing in your life. Um, and so uh, as, as tough as it is to hear about some of the, the bad things that are going on, um, we, you know, we share with parents and show parents that uh, that these devices, and we've we've interviewed tons of kids, uh, and they in the things that they say about what's going on and their perception of what adults think, right? So what is <laughs> oh what what is a six no. what is a sixteen year old think about what I think about devices and them? What do you you know? So so it's a really get, getting into a real meta uh, uh, conversation about children's and teens' perspective mm-hmm. of what what of the world that they're living in so um so yeah so that's that's um uh that's bridging the gap and you can find out more information about that service um on on uh, techparental.com which is actually still under construction but we're getting there yeah, you'll <laughs> listen you'll get there um it it happens the, the projects go on and on and on they never end when you're in uh, content like you and i are and i i, I just i i love that you're stressing what you just stressed that by and large technology is not this big problem that we have to solve for and we know that in business already but when it comes to the next generation it's not some big problem now problems get created problems get escalated because like you said our tools are much more powerful now but that gives us an opportunity to find new solutions and to really find the the core causes for some of these problems and try to eliminate them as well. 
It's like that age-old story of, of every generation says the next generation is lazy and entitled. And you have to think, though, that when you say that about that generation, that's everything you were going for with that generation. We all say, well, we want our kids to have an easier life, a healthier life, a better life, a more affluent life, whatever the case may be. We always want better for our children, but then we call that entire generation entitled once we're able to deliver that. And hopefully we can take conversations like this and say, yes, by and large, most of this is good, but there are these very dark sides that get created. And if we can address them, then we can create the next generation of entitlement. I'm saying that in air quotes here, the next right. generation <laughs> of entitlement that we can all become old misers about and complain about and make the world that much better uh, for it existing though. Yeah, definitely. I was talking, I was talking with a colleague of mine as we were talking about uh, tech parental and bridging the gap and and what some of the kids struggle with today. And we began to talk about, because she also has a, a young child. Uh, her child is eight, right? He will, is he eight? He's two years older than my son. So he's turning nine, right? AJ will turn seven. So he'll turn nine in December also. And we were talking about, you know, at what point will, when they grow up, and they have children, you know, what will they be saying to each other, <laughs> you know, about, about the things that their kids are doing, you know, our, my, my, our grandchildren. So like, you know, like my son will say, well, in my day, we, we had to watch YouTube on these tablet things <laughs> like boo, boo hoo, you we, know, we couldn't oh, just my, conjure my, it up. My in dad our only, my dad only had a 50 inch 4k. I mean, can you believe we, I had to struggle with 4k for my entire childhood. He wouldn't right? upgrade. So, he wouldn't go 8k for anything. I begged, I pleaded. <laughs> I just wanted a holographic display. That's all I wanted. Right. <laughs> So what what will his what will his kids be doing that's so horrible that he'll complain about, yeah. you know? Uh so it was just really we were blowing each other's minds with all kinds of crazy concepts around that. Jay, I'm I'm checking the time here and I've got to say I feel like this is going to be one where we're just going to have to ask you to come back a few times because I feel like we're just starting to scratch the surface with this topic. You are definitely on to like you said your niche of a niche, but it's more than that. You're on to an entire field of technology that is very important to us in not just the technology space, but in business technology as well, because we want to understand the mindset of kids as they grow up. What problems are they dealing dealing with? How can we solve that technologically? And what are they going to be doing when they enter the workforce or when they become entrepreneurs or when they become students? And I, if, if you're willing, I think this is something that we could, uh, we could chat a few more times. Uh, Chase, I, I would love to definitely come back and visit you guys at, uh, at Multi New Media. So it, it would definitely be my honor to, uh, to visit you guys again. So we'll set that up. And uh, for everyone listening out there, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to hand the floor back over to Jay in just a moment to wrap up with anything he'd like to say, any plugs, any information. But I will say this, techparental.com, and you can check out Tech Parental on all the social networks we were talking about before. What did you say? Facebook, Pinterest, um, really all over the place. But, but Jay, I'll hand it back over to you to do your official sale. And I will say this, though. Even though that's a standard procedure we always hand it over, I really do suggest even if you don't have children or maybe you are already at the point where you have grandchildren and you're thinking, nope, not my problem anymore. I really do encourage you to check out the site, the social media, check out what Jay is doing. This is a very um, very poignant topic and, and it connects to all of us, whether it's because of the future workforce 
or because of people, children, family members in our lives today. So, Jay, anything you'd like to say, promote, remind people of or just give them how to contact you? Uh, well, first, let me just say thank you, Chase, for having me on the show. Thanks uh, for coming. It, it, it isn't often that I get to talk with someone so freely and openly and you know, someone allows me the opportunity to um, to kind of express what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and some of the things that I experience. And I get really, as you can probably tell, I get very excited and enjoy talking about about this topic because I am a tech fan. Uh, I am a parent and I also work with children and parents professionally. So it really is um, a pleasure uh, talking with someone who's close in age to me so who can relate to some of these things, but but someone who also understands technology. So it really was a pleasure speaking with you. And I do agree that we may just be scratching the surface here. We probably have a lot of other things uh, to discuss. And I'd like to explore maybe how how uh, you know understanding children you know does impact marketing and is it is it safe is it ethical to be targeting children I, so I'd like to maybe discuss some of those things in, in future in a future episode but but if any of you guys are looking to get in touch with me like like Chase said you can find me at uh, techparental.com which is a, of course as I keep reminding people <laughs> it's still being constructed but but basically you can find me at Twitter at techparental or on YouTube tech parental um my instagram i'm sometimes there uh but facebook twitter uh and youtube are my main are my main things so uh definitely guys uh reach out and uh let's let's begin a conversation wonderful thanks jay Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.